2: Hello everyone and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris
0: and I'm Kelsey and today I have a story for you, a story about a murder and I'm warning everyone right now, this is one of the most gruesome things we have covered on this podcast. This case is pretty gory. I, I don't think you'll love this one.
2: I mean, I we'll never see. love anyone getting harmed.
0: No. But I think you're really not going to like this one.
2: I don't think so either, and I don't even know what it is.
0: So what I'm talking about is the murder of John Price on February 29th in the year 2000 in Australia. He was murdered by his wife, Catherine Knight, who honestly should not have even been able to kill him. And the reason I'm saying that is because she had a long history of violence towards the men she was with. And in my opinion, she should have gone to prison a lot sooner than she did. Oh, that's
2: the worst. When there were clear red flags that this person is unstable and nothing is done about it. Yes. That's heartbreaking.
0: I know. People get away with all sorts of things. And unfortunately, when violent and abusive behavior is left unchecked, it can end in murder. And this is how it ended for John Price. But first, I want to back up and talk a little more about this Catherine Knight. And you can all form your own opinions about whether she should have been in jail or not. So Catherine admittedly grew up in a household that was not so great, as is often the case with killers. She grew up in Aberdeen, Australia, and she was the product of an affair that her mother, Barbara Ruffin, had had. And her father, Ken Knight, was an abusive piece of shit who would regularly assault her mother to the point where she hated both sex and men. But her mother stayed in the marriage despite having kids to take care of. And yeah, she wasn't a great mother. Because at one point, Catherine came to her with concerns of her own, having to do with discomfort in her sex life. And the motherly advice that she was given was to put up with it and stop complaining.
2: Whoa, that's not the message to send to your teenage daughter. (laughs)
0: Pretty shitty because Barbara knew what sexual abuse felt like and didn't even try to help her daughter who was having similar problems. Sounds like she was dealing with some internalized misogyny and maybe she didn't think that she herself deserved any better than her current situation. This is still no excuse for letting her daughter go through the same thing and we don't have any specifics for what she was going through but it doesn't matter. The point is
2: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: So, that was her home life, and as far as what Catherine's classmates said about her, well, it wasn't all that great. I don't think she was very popular, because she was mean. She was described as a bully, and yeah, I would agree. She assaulted a boy at school with a weapon, and one time a teacher even had to strike her in self-defense.
2: Damn. <laughs> Damn, I've seen... I've Did seen you ever some see st- that
0: happen at our high school?
2: No, I've seen some stuff, but I've never seen a teacher hit a student in Me self-defense. Either. That's crazy.
0: She dropped out of school at the age of 15, and unfortunately she had not learned to read or write. So that was her childhood. But, you know, it's fine, because she did end up getting her dream job.
2: So I'm not alone. I mean, I didn't drop out. I finished high school, but I don't know how to read or write.
0: You, you kind of know.
2: Eh, I, I can guess. No, what's that quote from? I think it's from New Girl when Nick is like, "I'm not convinced that I know how to read. I think I've just memorized a lot of words."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you. Yeah, just that's going me. through life. That's
2: me. Yep. Just I see words as just pictures, and I just guess at what they mean.
0: And Chris, I'm curious to see if you can guess what her dream job was that she was able to get. I'll give you a hint. We talked about this job somewhat recently and how dangerous and unpleasant it is, but someone has to do it.
2: Oh, hmm. I can't really think of one that's dangerous. My first instinct was going to say like mortician or the person who puts down dogs or something like that. Those were the two... That immediately popped into my head, but neither one of those sound dangerous. I don't remember what we have said recently.
0: She worked in a slaughterhouse.
2: Oh, okay.
0: She worked in a slaughterhouse cutting offal or the internal organs of a butchered animal. This was her dream job.
2: Dream job? She was soon
0: promoted to a position where she removed the bones from the meat, and this promotion came with a set of butcher knives for her own personal use. Okay, not super weird, but what she did with them was, I'll tell you that, she hung them over her bed, saying that they would always be handy if she needed them. What? She did this in every place that she lived from then on.
2: (laughs) That's so crazy. I often think about a bunch of different jobs and that somebody has to do that job. But not only are there people out there that are willing to do those kinds of jobs, there's also people out there who apparently those are their dream jobs. Yeah. It's crazy how we're all so different.
0: We we truly are.
2: I would absolutely hate working in a slaughterhouse, and for someone that would else, the most
0: depressing thing I can think of.
2: I know, but for someone else, it's just their dream job. That's yeah. crazy to me.
0: Okay, so. Now we're going to look a little into Catherine's various romantic relationships before she met John Price. She would have been about 18 when she met David Stanford Kellett, one of her co-workers at the slaughterhouse. This is pretty sad, so David was an alcoholic, and this was largely due to some of the things he had seen in his previous job as a railway worker. He had watched his best friend die in a shunting accident, and that obviously led him down a pretty dark path. He was known to get in fights, and Catherine would join in the fights with him. Catherine relished violence. It was her main defense against anyone who said or did something to offend her. So, let me describe to you their wedding day in 1974. The couple showed up together on a motorcycle, with David being very drunk, and Barbara, Catherine's mother, pulled David aside right away. And this is what she said to him. She said, You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. She's got a screw loose somewhere.
2: Damn, that's her mother?
0: Yes. Pretty wild things to hear from your mother-in-law at your wedding. But she was definitely on to something. I will give her that.
2: I I don't know what I would do in that scenario. If your mother pulled me aside and said those things about you, (laughs) would it get me questioning that you really are crazy or would I just write it off as your mom is crazy?
0: Well, he ended up marrying her.
2: So I guess he thought the mom was the crazy one of the two. I don't know. Or he just decided to risk it. Risk it for the biscuit.
0: Well, you know, the marriage was extremely violent from the get go with Catherine trying to strangle David on their wedding night because she was unhappy with how soon he wanted to go to sleep. And Well, one time- that was quick. <laughs> yeah, it was too quick for her. And one time when David came home late from a darts competition, she thought it would be appropriate to burn all of his clothes and then hit him in the head with a frying pan. And she somehow ended up convincing him to drop the charges. The couple had a child together named Melissa, but it wasn't long after Melissa's birth that David decided he had had enough of Catherine and he left her for another woman. And yeah, obviously he needed to get out of that relationship, but this poor child was left in Catherine's care, unfortunately.
2: What? He didn't even take the kid with him? She literally tried to kill you. It shouldn't be that hard to win that custody case.
0: Nope. So I think Catherine should have already been in jail for what she did to David but definitely after she left the two-month-old Melissa on a train track to die. What after this? fuck? After this, she stole an axe and threatened several townspeople with it. Luckily, a homeless man, who everyone referred to as Old Ted, found Melissa and rescued her minutes before a train showed up. And this is what pisses me off. She was arrested, yes. And, but all that really happened was she was admitted to a hospital where she had previously spent some time for postpartum depression. And that's great if she really needed the help, except she only spent one day there somehow. Because apparently she was able to convince them that she had recovered that quickly. She had not recovered from anything, though, as a few days later, she slashed a woman in the face and demanded a ride to Queensland to go after David. At a gas station, the woman was able to escape, but she called the police and when they showed up, they discovered Catherine threatening a young boy with a knife.
2: What the fuck?
0: I told you. uh, To get her way, you know, all she had was violence at her disposal.
2: But she's also clearly manipulative because she's talking her way out of all of this stuff.
0: I know, that is the craziest thing to me about this whole thing. Well, it
2: sounds like she probably could have just used the manipulation instead of the violence and it would have got her way further in life.
0: I don't know how she used both. Listen to this. She was then admitted to a psychiatric hospital where she told the nurses all about the plan she had made to kill both her husband and her mother when she arrived in Queensland. or Sorry, um, her husband and his mother uh, when she arrived in Queensland. And for some unknown reason, shortly after this, David decided to leave his current girlfriend and come back to live with Catherine in Aberdeen. What? He got back with her.
2: I mean, I guess it's better than dying because otherwise she was going to kill him.
0: True. But he got back with her. Catherine, David, and David's mother soon moved to the city of Ipswich. I think I might, may have said it wrong. Ipswich (laughs) and Catherine was able to get another job and her and David had another child these poor kids they did not ask to be born into the care of these people It's, it's just so heartbreaking when children are involved but in the end Catherine ended up leaving David and moving back to Aberdeen after all that wow but at least he kept his life
2: yeah, at least he got a way out.
0: Her next boyfriend was a miner named David Saunders. Yes, another David.
2: Wait, you said a miner?
0: Yes. <laughs> a miner as in the occupation of working in a mine.
2: Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you were saying a minor, as in under the age of 18. No. <laughs> I mean, when you're trying to kill people, you can't believe that their actions are going to be reasonable. <laughs>
0: Yeah, true. So, yeah, another David, I will refer to him as Saunders from here on out. They had, as you can guess, a highly tumultuous relationship. (laughs) He moved in with Catherine and her daughters, but he kept his old apartment as well. And Catherine would regularly get extremely jealous about Saunders' life outside of her. Whether this was due to any actual behaviors on his part or just some sort of paranoia, on Catherine's part, I don't know. But he would regularly move back to his place, and Catherine would follow him and convince him to come back. I'm not sure how. She was so jealous that one day she cut his puppy's throat in front of him to show him what would happen to him if he ever cheated on her. Then she hit him on the head with a frying pan.
2: What the fuck? This chick with the frying pans and... That poor puppy.
0: Another time, she attacked him with an iron and then stabbed him with a pair of scissors. Absolutely insane. He left her again, obviously, and this pissed her off, so she burned all of his clothes. These are just the things she regularly did to her romantic partners. It was nothing personal.
2: What the hell?
0: Yeah, and then she, she lied to the police trying to make it sound like she was the one who had to be scared of him. So she got an apprehended violence order against him. And also, I forgot, Catherine had yet another kid in this marriage. So now she had three daughters.
2: Okay, so... <laughs> this is a little funny. Is is this kind of behavior normal for all people who their dream job is to work at a slaughterhouse? <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sure not. I'm sure there's plenty of unique people who have the dream job of working at a slaughterhouse. <laughs> and they all have their various personalities and behaviors.
2: I wonder what percentage of people are working what they would call their dream job. Maybe
0: you should make a documentary about because it where you interview people who either their dream job is a slaughterhouse, which you'd have to find those people, or just people who are working their dream job. You go around and interview them.
2: Yeah, I just wonder what percentage of people working at a job consider themselves to be working at their dream job because probably I would say... Probably not a high percentage. I would say... And it's probably a different percentage for different sectors because if you go to the banking industry or the tech industry, more people there probably are doing their dream job. But if you go to a slaughterhouse or a construction... I mean, there are a lot of people that actually really do enjoy doing construction. But if you go to a slaughterhouse, I would think most people there would probably say they're not working their dream job.
0: I would think, but I don't know. Maybe they pay really well. I feel like they definitely should. Especially I don't think. Since pay, I don't. Dangerous. I don't
2: think pay really determines what your dream job would be. I think uh, if a company. No, I'm just p-
0: saying that would be a good incentive to work there. Yeah. So yeah, Catherine had three daughters now, and then. She gave birth to a son with a different man this time named John Chillingworth.
2: Chillingworth.
0: This relationship.
2: <laughs> Interesting name. Yeah. I love that.
0: Especially for this story. So this relationship lasted for three years, but during this time she was having an affair with John Price. So let's just take a moment to think about this. Okay. She didn't like the idea Of her ex cheating on her. The mere idea. So much so, that she attacked him and killed his dog. But she herself felt totally fine about cheating on someone else. Also, I'm sorry, but I cannot help pointing out that she only dated guys named David and John. And she dated four guys. Sorry for any of the confusion that might cause. (laughs) Okay, moving on. John Price, as we know, is the victim of this story. He was well-liked and described as a terrific bloke. He was divorced, and two of his three kids lived with him while the other lived with their mother. And reportedly, John knew about Catherine and had a general sense of what she had done and the kind of person she was. (laughs) But his kids liked her, so he let them all move in with him.
2: Oh my gosh, how did that sentence end with anything other than so he ran far far away (laughs) that should have been the end of that sentence he knew her past and her history so he ran far far away
0: (laughs) he was making enough to support them all and life was a bunch of roses as he put it but catherine eventually got mad because john didn't want to marry her So she tried and succeeded at getting him fired from his job. She did this by sending his boss a video of some items that he had stolen from work. What's super dumb, though, is these items were taken from the trash at work. And they let him go after 17 years of working there. I am a firm believer that no one should ever be loyal to any company.
2: That's so dumb. The so, job
0: is not going to be loyal to you. They can replace you in a heartbeat if they have to,
2: yeah. And they can replace you in a heartbeat even if they don't have to. Sometimes they'll yeah. do it just yeah. to do it. That's just to
0: teach you a lesson
2: that's just so crazy because we Make work, an example of you. We work at Papa Johns, and that's the equivalent of me getting fired from Papa John's. Because I take the cardboard boxes that we throw into the recycling. Yeah. Because I have a little indoor garden where I grow like some kale. And right now I'm growing some radishes. There, there's some radishes literally right here by where we're recording. <laughs> and I take the cardboard boxes. And instead of buying expensive pots, you just fill the cardboard box with potting soil. And then you can just plant something yeah. in the box.
0: It's so cute.
2: So I bring some boxes home that I can just fill with soil to plant some things. And then there's also glass jars that artichoke hearts come in. Mm-hmm. And when we empty a jar of artichoke hearts, I just wash out the glass jar and the lid and I bring it home instead of just throwing it away. Because I want to build these little terrariums with like some plants and stuff in it. And I think that'll be really cool. But that's all stuff that the company's going to throw away. So that's like if Papa John's fired me for bringing that stuff home. How ridiculous would that be?
0: Ridiculous is right. What he stole were some out-of-date medical kits, apparently. Yeah. So John kicked Catherine out of the house, and soon the townspeople were all talking about the local drama of what had happened.
2: Well, did she think that was going to make him want to take her back? You don't want to
0: marry me? I'll get you fired.
2: Oh, I don't have a job now. That makes it much more logical to get married.
0: She was also on like disability at the time. So she should have been motivated to keep living with him and having him support her family.
2: So she's on with disability and he, them all. she's on disability and he now has no job and she thinks that would make him decide, "Huh, now that I'm financially unstable, That sounds like a great time to get married to this other person who also does not work.
0: Well, I don't pretend to have a similar working brain, so I don't know what she was thinking. But you're not going to believe what happened. He got back with her a few months later. (laughs) She
2: clearly has some power of manipulation to talk people out of dropping charges and to convince people to get back together with her.
0: It's scary. why does
2: she why does she need violence if she has this this manipulation? I mean, the manipulation is bad, but at least no one's getting physically harmed.
0: Yeah, they were back together, but this time he didn't let her move in. And you know, it was just constant fighting to the point where John became isolated from all of his friends because none of them approved of the relationship that he was in, understandably. But he did finally leave Catherine after she stabbed him in the chest. He got a restraining order for him and his kids and he told his co-workers that if he didn't show up at work the next day, it meant that Catherine had murdered him. And his co-workers were scared and they didn't want him going home. But he told them that if he didn't go home, his kids would be killed. So he hung out with his neighbors for the evening and then ended up going to bed at home around 11. And the next day, he did not show up for work. And so one of his coworkers came to check on him. A neighbor came over as well, and they found blood on the front door, so they called the police. They found Catherine comatose from a large quantity of pills, and they found John dead. Catherine had stabbed him to death before skinning him and hanging the skin up on a meat hook. She had taken various parts of his body and cooked the meat to serve with baked potato, carrot, pumpkin, beetroot, cabbage, squash, and gravy. She had prepared these plates to serve to John's children, and she had thrown his head into a pot of vegetables. As far as any additional motives for killing him, other than her being crazy... She wrote him a note saying that she killed him for raping her daughter, which there was no evidence for other than her saying that. But I think that's important to include in here anyway. I don't know if it means anything. And yeah, Catherine claimed to have no memory of committing this crime, but for this crime she became the first woman in Australia to get a life sentence with no possibility of parole. She ended up appealing the life sentence five years later, Because she thought it was too harsh for what she had done.
2: What? That's one of the most gruesome things I've ever heard. And then she's like,
0: eh, I think it might
2: be a little too harsh.
0: But it was obviously shut down by Justice Peter McClellan. He said, this was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. Which is absolutely right. And yeah, it was theorized that Catherine suffered from amnesia and dissociation during the actual act, and it's also believed that she suffered from borderline personality disorder, which would make sense with her getting in and out of all of these relationships, like over and over. So there was a lot going on with her and lots of potential reasons for why she behaved in the way that she did It's just so sad how much harm she was able to cause. And all I really have to say is just, in general, you should all be careful out there.
2: Yeah, there was clearly something mentally wrong with her. And I just wonder if there was any way that she could have been helped that would have prevented all the other things. Like, if they had caught it early enough, is there some kind of treatment or medication or whatever... That could have got her mentally stable to where none of the other things happened.
0: Yeah. And if you think back, it's just really sad. Like, the environment that she grew up in. I feel like that's... Yeah, that's to blame for a lot of it.
2: Yeah. That's definitely something that's very damaging. But it's also not an excuse either. No. Yeah.
0: There are still people who go through that and then don't end up murder. being
2: good people still. don't hit
0: people with frying pans yeah don't burn all their clothes
2: yeah wow that's that was intense
0: yeah sorry to give you that one i knew you wouldn't love it
2: no actually it wasn't till pretty much near the end that i realized that i've definitely heard this case before too oh you have i have yeah.
0: before last night
2: i don't know what I can't even remember what I've heard this one on, but I've definitely heard of this one before.
0: It's pretty crazy.
2: But it's been a long time. I didn't remember most of the details until it was getting close to the end. And then that's when I was like, oh, I know this one. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. If you all enjoyed it and you want to help support the podcast, the best thing you can do is leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you would like to send in a story or a case suggestion that you'd like to hear us cover, those can be sent in to be careful out there podcast at gmail.com.
0: And give us a follow if you want to hear a new podcast episode every Monday, Wednesday and Friday.
2: And as always, be Be careful careful out out there. there.